You're listening to LCC Alumni Stories, a show dedicated to highlighting the amazing alumni of Lansing Community College. I'm Steve Robinson, president of LCC, and on each episode, I have the awesome privilege of getting to know one of our many inspiring alums and hearing about their experiences at and since leaving LCC. The LCC alumni community is expansive and far-reaching. They're an incredibly diverse group of people, representative of all walks of life, working in hundreds of industries across the country. LCC Alumni Stories shines a bright light on alumni who make a positive contribution to their community and showcases those who have overcome obstacles and barriers to achieve academic and personal success. These are their dynamic stories. My guest today is Graham Couch, who's a sports columnist at the Lansing State Journal. Graham, it is great to talk to you. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, look, I have been looking forward to having you on the show, and I, I just have to start off by thanking you for writing kind of a intro to the community piece for me in the journal uh, when you were obviously taking a little break from sports. Um, thank you for writing that great piece about me. I, I got a lot of good feedback on it. Well, you were an easy subject, so that's that's really the key to those stories, right? Oh, well, how was that, how was I easy? Because if I, I asked a question, you gave a great answer. Oh, that's yeah. that's flattering. <laughs> Thanks. Well, we're talking today on the podcast because you are an LCC alum. Tell me about your time here at LCC. What did you study? What were you working on? Yeah, it was ninety ninety seven through ninety nine, mm-hmm. uh, a couple of years here, and I, I grew up in Lansing, went to Lansing Sexton High School. Okay, and was not a I, I wouldn't say I was a um, an incredibly serious student until late in my high school career. Okay. And became one here. Um, really? And uh, very much so. And uh, came here with the idea that I would, would transfer and would do two years and, and transfer. And that's what I did. I went to Columbia College, uh, Chicago. Um, but I came in, uh, you know, looking for and, and got a very, uh, I think, rich, um, diverse experience with all sorts of, you know, philosophy courses, public speaking courses, of course, freshman comp and all the stuff and, and, and left. Um, but, but I left here with my academic confidence, which was a big thing. And, uh, cause I hadn't always had that most, some of which have been my fault. Um, but, uh, and, uh, took part in the student newspaper, mm-hmm. the lookout, uh, took part in, uh, the radio station did play by play for the men's and women's basketball teams. Um, which is which was a lot of fun. I, I still have those tapes. Someday I'll go back and you've listen got, to them. You've got your air check tapes from doing like play-by-play here with the stars? Because I thought this was the yeah, I thought I was going to go do play-by-play and like this was this was the path. I was going to need these tapes. It gets your portfolio. Yes, that's what I that's what I was thinking. And um, yeah, the, the 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 lookout was an amazing experience too and uh, really led to uh, a lot of, you know, I don't know if I I don't know if we'd be sitting here. We may have come across the same path eventually, but my initial plan was not to do, was not to get back into journalism. I'd done it in high school a little bit until mm-hmm. I transferred, and I was working in the the testing lab, the placement testing lab, and saw a uh, little flyer that they needed a sports editor. Okay, and I had been reading a book at the t- at the time by Dan Patrick and Keith Oberman, who were doing Sports Center's Big Show on ESPN. And they had, you know, one of the things they had this chapter on how to be a sportscaster, and they were really adamant not waste, don't waste time, like at least be on your, uh, you know, be on your student newspaper staff, or, okay. or or be on the air if you want to be on the air. And so I just went and didn't wind up doing that because I, I had the testing lab job, lab job full time, but wound up covering the teams and writing, you know, five six stories. Uh, an issue and, and, and that led to the radio deal. And so it was, um, it was a really 
a really good experience. I should say, I, I mean, I kind of grew up around here. My mother still teaches here. Oh, fantastic! Uh, teaches, what does she teach? Uh, developmental ed. So phenomenal. That's yeah. my dis- that's that's my discipline. I wrote my dissertation about that. Yeah. So I, I grew up. I mean, there er, my I have very early memories, like when she was teaching night classes, getting in my pajamas and coming down here with my um, with my dad and sister to to like pick her up from our class and things what like that. What a cool thing! What you know, you said so much in there that really resonates with me. There are a couple pieces I want to pick out. One is. I, I got to follow up on what you said that the, there was your experience here at LCC that kind of sparked an academic seriousness in you. Like, tell me how that happened. I mean, it sounds like in high school you were semi-serious, came here, and something clicked. What, what was it? Yeah, I mean, uh, really good teachers, number one. You, uh, you, you were in classes where you felt like an adult. Um, right. And that was different. You were treated that way. And, and that started to happen late in high school. I, I wouldn't say my senior year was a, a difficult curriculum, but it was – uh, one where it was classes I, I valued and, and felt like I was getting value, and that helped. Um, I also knew that my parents were a little skeptical about my seriousness okay. as, as, as a student and, and wanted their trust in me uh, as, as I went throughout, throughout college. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was, but yeah, I think a lot of it was finding courses and teachers that engaged me really well and, and understanding, too, that I needed to, needed to do that. But, I, I, you know, I had... And this is one of the reasons I'm so uh, uh, passionate and, and adamant about the community college experience. I mean, I really think the two years here were as rich um, as an educational experience I had, you know, anywhere along the way, and and um, set me up not not just confidence-wise, but uh, in the the sort of the sort of class and classes and curiosity I had for subjects and uh-huh. things like that. Well, and that is the other thing that you said that I wanted to pull out is that it sounds like you curated for yourself an incredible amount of experiences where you could do and try these things in sports journalism and in the play-by-play and all that stuff. And as you probably know, some of those experiences are harder to get at a bigger institution, and they were here for you, and you made it happen. Totally. I mean, one (laughs) of the things that I always tell people is you can get anywhere from anywhere. Right. And, and that's not to put down the anywhere that you are, but when I was at Columbia College Chicago, I would be in an, you know, working in an internship that where some of the interns were from Medell at Northwestern, mm-hmm. and I took great pride in just kicking their butt at things. Like, that was enjoyable. And, and that's and, a heavy-duty program, right? It, it at, was. Northwestern, yeah. and, and I loved to be more valuable than them and to, to see that in the people I worked for. And, and you know, but one of the things you need to get as you go along and figure out what it is you want to do is you need to have opportunities. You need to have experiences. Right. And uh, here, I mean, it was just, they were, they were there. And it was a great laboratory for, I mean, I look back at some of those articles I wrote and I cringe. Right. <laughs> and, and I thought they were fabulous at the time. Um, and I'm sure the radio broadcasts feel the same way, but um, it helped me discover what I wanted to do and, and, and have enough, frankly, I mean, when I went to Columbia College, I was immediately an assistant sports editor on the staff getting paid because I walked in with clips. I was immediately on the radio station there because I had tapes. And so the experience, it wasn't just the, the, the experiences doing it. I, I had some teeth behind what I had done. Yeah, you had some real deliverables yeah. and yeah. some things, that, and, and and you got those at LCC. I, I love that. Now, um, you're a great writer. I mean, I, I, I really like reading your 
uh, your writing. And I don't read a lot of sports journalism, I got to confess. And some of that is because of the of the prose and the writing style. You've got this engaging way of um, really, really digging in to sports. And obviously, you're very passionate about passionate about the sports here in town, particularly Michigan State. How did that happen for you uh, when you, you obviously came back to town? And uh, how, how did you get on, on this beat and this pathway of covering Spartan sports so closely? Yeah, I mean, I grew up a Michigan State fan. Mm-hmm. And, and But I also don't think you can do the job if you are a Michigan State fan. It's one of those things where you've got to be removed. And, and I was for long, a long enough time. It, this was a, a, a bucket list job for me growing up. It's the, the newspaper I sat, you know, at my, you know, on the floor next to my parents' heating register, eating brown sugared oatmeal before school, you know, the sports <laughs> pages open and, and staring at the standings and reading articles. And, and, and so there was a, um, a part of me that always wanted to come back, but I, I frankly didn't know. Um, and I turned the job down initially. Really? In part because I didn't, it, it's sort of the uh, the Seinfeld reference because stands are the combining of two worlds. Yeah, I two like, worlds collide. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, I know I, that. I like this world being, and I, and I wrote my intro column about that because I, I like this world being different. I went, I worked in Freeport, Illinois for two and a half years and then about seven years in Kalamazoo and loved it um, and wasn't sure that I wanted my, you know, third grade teacher to be reading my opinions and things like that, you know, didn't, yeah, didn't know that no, I, I can wanted, understand. didn't know that I wanted that. Um, but I was, you know, I'd, I w- it was built in some ways for the job because I had sort of an institutional knowledge, historical knowledge, and I'd been away long enough. I'd covered Western Michigan football. I had not paid attention to MSU football for enough years. Um, I had covered things that were much more important at the time I was covering, which I think is important for people. Um, and so I, I, that, that fandom had, had dissipated, uh, which is, is really important because what you can't be when you cover somebody is ticked off at them for losing. <laughs> well, that's fascinating to me because I, I think I told you, I, I, growing up, I, I didn't consume a lot of sports, but that makes sense to me is that you needed some distance from your uh, identity as a Spartan fan to come back and, and cover that beat so closely. And are, are you able, are, are you, is that still a tension for you, or, or, or you feel like you can be brutally honest with with Spartan sports uh, where you're coming from? Yeah, no, it, it's I'm definitely um, removed, and, and part of it is you, you're 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 so close that you see everything, you see the warts, you see things. You, yeah, and you, you can't don't be love. starstruck, right? Because no. you got to be able to ask the hard questions of these people that in your previous life you would have been like wanting selfies with them, right? So that was very easy with Mark D'Antonio because he started while I was away. Um, he started long after I'd no longer really been paying attention like a fan. And so he was the coach, and it was easy to – Tom Izzo was a little different for me. Right, um, I would because, imagine. Because he's got the job when I was 15 years old, sort right. of peak fandom, right? And <laughs> and so it wasn't that bad, but I, I remember early on the first time he called really upset about something I wrote. And, and I mean, the thing about Izzo that I appreciate is you always know where you stand, and he doesn't hold a grudge. But he will let you know that day what he thinks about something. Interesting. And D'Antonio is very much the opposite. Like it would, he seems he, that way. Yeah, yeah. If, if he was upset, it would just simmer. <laughs> and, and, uh, and so um, He's, he always seems like the classic like '50s dad, yes. right? You know, that's kind of what it looked like. And so the first time that Izzo and I really got into it was uh, took me a minute to say, you know, this is okay. You you got to stick up for yourself and and. And, you know, because and, and frankly, that's something Izzo wants from the people he's challenging. He doesn't want to run you over. He wants, um, 
if, if he's going to respect you, he wants you know your opinion and, and he wants you to stand up for yourself. You stand your to, ground, even yeah. if even if he doesn't agree with you. Fantastic. Well, you know, and that's got to be a, a challenge, right? Is to be able to uh, to to stand behind what you wrote. And I bet every time, I, I guess, again, this is something that is relatively new to me since I married into a really uh, rabid sports family. Um, no matter what you write, there's this base of people who are incredibly passionate about it, right? It built into sports as this, is this huge, you know, competitive drive and also the fan orientation. So you must get some heavy blowback sometimes. Yeah, there will be days that for the same column, I'll have people that think I was way too easy on them and way too hard on them, you know, and you get, but yeah, you, the emails are, are entertaining, uh, sometimes. I'll and, bet. and, um, you know, one of the things though, that I try to be, if you, I think if you're fair to people and the people you're writing about and you can tell yourself and you can sleep at night and you know that you were, even if you're critical, then you can respond to those people and explain your, your point. And usually when you respond to somebody, it, it's disarming. Yeah, right. And, and even if somebody's even on Twitter, usually I don't I, I try not to, to mute people unless they're really awful. I don't block people. Mm -hmm. And if if um, they're really upset and, and you engage them for a little bit, they, they, they respect you even if they disagree with you. And, and it, you become sort of an adult in the room a little bit. Well, it's it's funny. You're talking about essentially diplomacy. Right. And yeah. who who have thought that being a sports columnist would involve yeah. that kind of uh, relationship management and diplomacy? So, look, you said something really interesting to me. So you, through, through a path that involved LCC, landed your bucket list job. Um, what would you say to aspiring sports journalists who might be starting at a community college? Um, I think you gave some advice, but, you know, what, for, for other uh, folks who maybe want to do something similar to what you've done, what would you tell them? That would be my advice. Look at the opportunities around you and take advantage of them. Mm -hmm. And it might be the, the the lookout. And the lookout led to while I was still here, I did some stringing and answered phones for, for on high school games at the Lansing State Journal. Mm -hmm. um, you know that was a connection I had made early. Now that I actually didn't stay there that long, so that didn't wind up being important back then. But there, wherever you are at, at the community college um, you're at, there are generally going to be opportunities. There's generally a school newspaper. There's generally uh, there might be a radio station or some sort of online podcast that you can take advantage of right. and take advantage of those. Get, figure out what you do want to do and what you don't want to do uh, as much as you can. And, and the other thing is, I would say this, you also have all the time in the world. Don't be in a rush to get there. Interesting. You know, one of the things that was, has been interesting on my path is there are people who get to where they are really fast where they want to be and get to big jobs in their, in their mid-20s, and that's great. And um, there are people, you know, that wind up loving where they're at, covering high school sports their whole lives, uh, you know, mid-sized dailies. Um, but you've got a lot of time, you know, take the jobs that interest you, that help you develop, because what's important is that you actually are get good enough to do the job well, because that's, that's what will change your career. If, if, if you get an opportunity you're not ready for, I'm not saying don't take it <laughs> because sometimes opportunities are too good to pass up and you uh -huh. got to find a way to swim. But, um, you know, take advantage of every opportunity, figure out what it is you like and don't like. And, uh, and, and just remember that you've got a lot of time. 
Yeah, and one other thing I heard you say is and to produce good work, right? That's what you said is to is to get the good work, whether it's um, you know uh, the actual writing or the in your case before the tapes and all that. Produce good stuff. Use it as a laboratory. I mean, I really think it, this is this is what it is. And and you will think at the time that I might this is going to be something that's going to get me that first job or whatever this is. But most stories won't. You know, most stories wind up. I have uh, you know. Uh, bins in my basement, in my parents' basement of, of articles that at one point I thought were like the next great pieces. <laughs> and, but I had a, a, a teacher actually at, at Columbia College who gave me really good advice. He was the deputy tempo editor at the Chicago Tribune. And I was in a feature writing class with him at night. And, you know, he just, he, I was working for the Daily Herald, which is a big suburban paper covering high school games. And uh, he would say, you know, you're writing these games that are fine, but you got to take more chances. The worst that they can do is change it. And, you know, that's how you develop. Interesting. And, and so I would say when you're at the, you know, you, you're going to swing and miss quite often. But even when I'm um, helping to hire somebody or, or recommend somebody, or, you want people who, who's in, whose writing is interesting. And sometimes they do swing and miss. But those are usually the people that develop quickly. That's great advice. Well, Graham, look at this. I have really enjoyed talking to you, and I want to thank you for continuing to let people know that LCC is part of how you got to where you are. That was one of the first things I noticed about you when when we talked that first time. So thanks for telling your LCC story, and it's it's been really cool talking to you. Uh, thanks for having me, and it was. It was absolutely essential to, to getting where I am. Great. This episode of LCC Alumni Stories was recorded and engineered by Steve Robinson in the Michigan Room at LCC's downtown campus and produced virtually by Brock Elsasor from LCC's Digital Media, Audio, and Cinema program. The soundtrack is licensed to the college through DeWolf Music. Thanks for listening. Tune in to future episodes and learn more about what our alumni have been up to. If you're an LCC alum and want to share your story, send me an email at steve underscore robinson at lcc.edu. Until next time, keep learning. This has been LCC DMAC, Lansing Community College Digital Media, Audio, and Cinema. Cinema.